Period. Yeah. Could be. Look at that. Matt Savoka from downtown. Seth Curry, Steph Curry, take a step back. The Curry brothers, Savoka's in the house from deep right away. Yes, we welcome you into the NFL No House Advantage show. We're going to get you ready for Thursday night football. Matt is in the house. Good to see you as always, my friend. So happy to be here talking some NHA. This Thursday night matchup is really, really good. So that certainly helps. Happy to be here, man. Yeah, look, you you kind of lucked into this thing, right? Because Tyler is producing, we'll tell you, and Greg has been here doing the show. We've had a lot of clunkers, and it doesn't mean that there isn't any value. It just means the games themselves <laughs> haven't really offered much from an entertaining standpoint, and therefore we'd have to work a little harder, a little deeper in order to extrapolate something. You're just on here in cruise control, brother, stepping right into a flowing river. Not complaining right now. This is this is truly one of my favorite divisional matchups. It's been wild over the years. And with two great quarterbacks and hopefully the Chiefs here turning the corner in their offensive play, we could have a shootout, my favorite type of football. And these defensives have actually been average, if not better than average this season. The Chiefs more so the second half than the first. All right. So here's the easiest way, I think, to gauge what you are thinking from this game over under the total, right? Because that'll kind of explain, you know, we're at 52, 52 and a half, depending on where you look at it. You mentioned there's a really good likelihood of this thing being a shootout, but we can't ignore how well the defenses have been playing, especially Kansas City, which is kind of still carried an up and down offense. Yeah, it's kind of bizarre, right? Because earlier in the season, it was, well, the Chiefs' defense is among the bottom five defenses in the league, but their offense can kind of bail them out of any kind of any situation. Then the offense goes into a slump, and, you know, give credit to Kansas City. They've sort of figured things out on defense in one of my favorite metrics, schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed. Don't worry about the fact that it's not necessarily a fantasy show. It's just a right. gather-up all of the ways that people get production into one metric. The Chiefs are now league average, and in PFF grades, we're seeing the exact same thing. So it's not necessarily a defense so good that we're going to completely adjust our rankings and projections for a team, but it's one that we need to respect, and we're not going to suddenly go completely bullish on the other side. Still, I think that there's a solid chance that this hits the over in this game. Really, it comes down to the health of players like Austin Eckler. But if both teams are at full strength with full firepower, why can't this game have 30 points on each side? So I kind of am leaning the over right now. I love it, man. I think you're right, especially contrary to what we've seen with the majority of these Thursday night short week, et cetera. We're deep in the year now to where that's not having as much of an impact as it does earlier on the body. Guys are just banged up. doesn't matter when you play at this point. So let's jump into it. And you mentioned the Q tag. So a couple of things to remind people about No House Advantage. First and foremost, that promo code is there for you. It's not there for myself or Matt. We're already on board. It's there for you to sign up to NHA. Put in Awesomeo, and we'll match your first deposit up to $25. And you'll see on these tournaments the cost you can extend and really make that work for you. The other thing is if a guy is out 
you ain't going to get any points for going under. So if for whatever reason, Austin Eckler doesn't play in this game, we expect him to, but if he doesn't play in this game and you thought you could get ahead of the game by going under on his props, uh, uh-uh. it's not going to void. You're not going to win anything. You will lose that specific prop. So you don't have to lock in on anything ahead of time. And that's the beauty of where you come in, Matt, because you're not pressed to make a play on everything. It'll really just jump out to where you're looking and leaning. Yeah, that's exciting. It's a great way to play and a great way to just lean on our projected stats page, which is fantastic on awesome.com and really pick and choose the places where we're really different than the field because our projections, not only are they strong, but you're going to find natural spots where obvious spots, I should say, where the discrepancy is so high where it becomes, all right, well, this is a no brainer. Let's click it and move on. Uh, I think we're going to have a couple of no-brainers. Let's start with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. We'll look at the running backs. We've got Edwards-Hilaire-Williams and Eckler on the board here. Not everything is created equal. Some guys are going to have one prop. Others may have three up to four. Edwards-Hilaire just one with the Q tag, 60 and a half rushing yards, Matt. Any interest here? Yeah, I. it's not my favorite. I'll say that, but I would lean the under here. I don't think it's the worst play. Um, because Darrell Williams is still very much involved. Clyde Edwards-Alaire could get there. I almost feel like his range of outcomes is what you would call bimodal in the world of stats. There's a very, very low range of outcomes if this game plays a thousand times or something, and then there's a range of outcomes that's very high. There's not a lot of in-the-middle outcomes for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but our median projection has him around 53 yards, so that would be the under There's just so many ways it could go wrong here. The passing game catches on fire. We've certainly seen that before. And Daryl Williams takes over. So it almost feels like going over means getting multiple things right. You don't want to do that. So that's one of my favorites there, going under for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You mentioned Williams also on NHA with a Q tag. That's going to be the theme. I think more guys in this game have a Q tag next to them than not. The number's a little bit less, but I don't know if they're workable. So we have 25 and a half rushing yards for Williams, 19 and a half receiving yards. That's kind of interesting how that number is pretty high. Yeah, that number is pretty high, and they have been using them as a a tandem with Williams being the passing game back. With Andy Reid, though, I don't trust those (laughs) trends in the running back game at all. I truly think that... There's there's a possibility that it could flip one way or the other. Uh, that's probably a player I'm staying away from. Honestly, the backfield is one. I don't want to be deciding Andy Reid's backfield, but I'm probably going under the largest rushing total if I had to choose one, just fundamentally. So Eckler has 60 and a half rushing yards, but the always interesting, fascinating prop with him is the touchdowns. In this case, however, it's not any time. It's specifically rushing touchdown. Again, it's a half, so it's a yes or no proposition. Is he going to score a rushing touchdown or not? You also have the option at 60 and a half rushing yards. You know, he hasn't gone over that number outside of last week since uh, Halloween. So hovering, yes, but it's not the anytime. I feel like you have to slam an anytime option here. It's just rushing. Yeah, I was surprised to see on our projected stats page just in rushing touchdown probability. He's at 40%. I know that is technically minus EV, and I think this has to do with Eckler's injury status. If you look at our suite of tools, Eckler has a very, very cautious, conservative projection on Osmo.com. I really think that has to do with his injury status because the Kansas City defense, specifically against running backs and the rush, 
uh, while it's been better, it's certainly been a weak spot for them this season. The rushing touchdown prop is kind of interesting. Over one or 0.5 rushing touchdowns seems kind of interesting. More interesting to me than the rushing yardage. He gets there, the yardage in other ways. Okay. So, so far, really the confidence play has been under Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think that's kind of how it goes. It's okay. also the the passing games that I feel more confident in the sense that we have a lot more of a sample size with both teams, and they they both tend to be fairly consistent with where the ball goes in their respective offenses. All right, so let's transition to that. Now, we're going to hit all of the positions available, the running back, wide, out, tight end, but let's move to the quarterback because it's it's contrary, again, to everything that we were just looking at with the running backs, especially from a yardage play. Now we're talking about actual passing yardage, and we'll start with Patrick Mahomes here. We've got three to choose from. And again, the beauty of no house advantage is no juice. So where the books may be laying heavy juice on an under two and a half passing touchdowns, you don't have to worry about that. You just have to worry about beating other people. But that's why you're listening to Matt. So 295 and a half passing yards, two and a half passing touchdowns and the half interception for Mahomes. Ooh, well, we do have him at 300 passing yeah. yards projected, so that's pretty good. 285 is his median, so I think if you want to go over with Mahomes, not crazy here, but you might also want to just lean into the fact that he's been volatile. Volatile in a way that 295 passing yards means he had a really, really solid game. Very little room for error, and so our median projection, which you know that, that takes the entire range of outcomes and takes the middle, whereas the average will sometimes get swayed by very high or very low scores in our simulation, that seems a little bit better. When I see that sort of differential there and the prop sits right in the middle, <laughs> usually it means stay away. Usually yeah. it means stay away, even if that average projection is looking good. I think the 2.5 touchdowns too is one I would take the under, but at uh, our projected stats right Right now, have him at 2.12 passing touchdowns. That is just too close to call. So I actually think the Justin Herbert props look more definitive if you're looking at our stats today. All right, so let's switch over there because I think you're right, especially based off of our own projections. And again, Odd Shopper is a free tool, so you can look at where we have specific plays and also built in Alex and Osimo's projections. So you get both when you're making a decision. Then you take that back to no house advantage. Everything works hand in hand here. 300, pardon me, and a half passing yards for Herbert. We're back to that two and a half and half passing touchdowns and interceptions, respectively. I will say he had a nice little, what, four-game streak before going up against the brutal Giants defense of throwing at least one interception. So maybe there is something there, Matt. Yeah, these are the these are the ones I feel more strongly about. And before I get into how I'm feeling about these picks, it does not change my opinion about Justin Herbert, who I think is one of the top 10 quarterbacks or emerging into the top 10 quarterback discussion in this league. If you look at the underlying metric, like true completion percentage, play action completion percentage, red zone completion percentage, deep ball completion percentage, areas of the field where young quarterbacks tend to struggle, he's way, way ahead of schedule. We're talking about top 10 or even top five sometimes in the league. 
That said, I'm taking the under on the passing touchdowns and the under on the passing yardage. It's just simply a math play. The the ROI in the NHA, NHA tool, which is getting fixed right now. Right now we have some, some bad numbers on there. But if you just compare it to our projected stats page or go on Odd Shopper, which does have the correct information, you can see what kind of deal you're getting here with Justin Herbert. There are ceiling games here for him, but particularly the passing yards. I'm going under there as a pretty strong play this week. Nice. Strong play. That's only the second time we've heard that from you outside of the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire rushing. So this is good. It gives us an indication of where we can slot these plays. Yeah, it feels weird, doesn't it? Where we were basically exploiting teams playing the Chiefs earlier in the season, saying, well, it's that defense, (laughs) and you know that offense is coming back on the other side. And now we're saying, all right, well, one of the most exciting young players in the league might have some trouble. Yeah, it's it's really fun to see how things shift and, and change, not even just you know as far as quadrants in the league, but even week to week where you catch a team on the up or downswing of a wave. All right, let's move to the wideouts here. And again, if you're new to No House Advantage, you're hanging with us, hit that thumbs up button, of course. Make sure you're subscribed and, and really... Take advantage of this promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O, and you're going to get a deposit match up to $25. So, Nicole Hardman here, 35 and a half receiving yards, two and a half receptions. And just a heads up, the only other wideout we have here is Tyreek Hill. We're going to have a Travis Kelsey play. So, it's really about who's the third guy that you look at to be targeted. Who's the third guy? And maybe it is coming out of the running game, what have you, but who is the third guy? Because if it's Hardman, then you may have some workable numbers here, Matt, with 35 and a half receiving yards and two and a half receptions. Man, this one's tough for me because from a snap share standpoint, I think the real answer for who is number three in this receiving core is Byron Pringle, not Mecole Hardman. And so I'm not taking away anything from Mecole Hardman's big play ability. One thing I do want to mention, though, is he gets some of his big plays as a rusher. Sometimes they're little pitch passes, which technically count as a pass those little handoffs in front there that Kansas City has been wont to do but Byron Pringle has a clear lead since week 10 in snap share a 62% snap share compare that to 25.5% snap share for Nicole Hardman so I think you take the under there and uh our our average projection for Hardman is his receiving yards really right in line there just underneath I think the catches one is my might be where you go there and go under the uh, 2.5. Did you say catches yeah, for Hardman? Yeah, I think I'd go under there. All right. So we have a little more, or I should say bigger numbers here for Hill. And again, I mean, I, I just, I got used to seeing it so much that I forgot to even bring it up. But I think everybody we've mentioned, including the quarterbacks, or at least Herbert is questionable coming in. Now, <laughs> clearly some guys, different levels of it. Tyreek Hill, once you actually select him, you'll see that NHA has the Q tag, but he's 80 and a half receiving yards, six and a half receptions for Hill. Seems high on the receptions end. 80 and a half and six and a half is tough. Now you could get there. We've seen Hill get targeted in ways where he could easily have that number. He had a streak earlier in the season where he had over double, he had double digit targets in three straight games, but we have seen target volatility of late four targets in week 14, five targets in week 13. That would indicate a clear under on the receptions here. I think I feel more strongly about going under on the receptions than going over or under on the receiving yards. 
under on the receptions, not receive. Yeah, I mean, 80 and a half. It's so volatile. I mean, you could get that with three grabs at the that's, same time. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, honestly, but at the same time, he could be a volume guy, right? And dominate and, and have 10, 11 grabs too. And, and then, you know, you're cooked there. All right. So more so under the six and a half, though, as far as the volatility and receptions. Mike, well, you want volatility. You and he I said have- under six and a half. Sorry, it's on. He said oh. under six and a half receptions in every single game except for two since week seven. That's amazing that, again, this is where you find a little bit of wiggle room. The difference of what you can take advantage of here on NHA, because, again, you're going under six and a half, which is probably a favorable number on the books. Right. And you're not laying any juice here. So awesome mm-hmm. to be able to factor that back in there. You mentioned volatility. I don't know if I mean, Mike Williams is right there at the top defining that. <laughs> He's at 65 and a half receiving yards, four and a half receptions. We do factor in the return, and we'll get to him coming up to wrap this wide receiver group. We do factor in that Keenan Allen is in. He's been activated. He'll be back. So the numbers with Mike, I was actually a little surprised at the receiving yards, Matt, being 65 and a half, thinking that might be a little low. I didn't want to really touch the receptions at four and a half. Seemed kind of sharp there. You know, what's interesting is we kind of like Williams on the over for these receptions here. Uh, I know that there is some volatility. You said it right off the bat earlier in the season. If you looked at his usage, Mike Williams was one of the top 10 wide receivers and overall opportunity that's targets and air yards in the league. It's fallen completely off a cliff since then, with the exception of weeks where Keenan Allen is absent, like last week. He's a clear number two option. So honestly, I'm surprised to see our tools taking such a strong stand. But I think over 4.5 receptions actually looks like a pretty solid bet. I wouldn't make it my highest pointer, but I think that it's it's a decent look. We haven't projected right now at over eight targets. Yeah, his average is at four point five eight. It's right there. But I think I'm leaning closer to the over. The targets there definitely help. Right. And, you know, the receiving yards at sixty five and a half versus our projections at sixty nine for such a volatile player seems like it would be a normal like normally for other guys. We would look at it if there was, you know, maybe a yard, a yard and a half. But because Mike Williams is so volatile and usually on the negative side, I feel like that gap is maybe a little more narrow for him than it would be for other players. Point being is, yeah, I mean, when you look at even our own projections on here, it makes sense to go over the receptions. Okay, makes sense. Now let's factor Keenan Allen in here. And, you know, we'll look at the same level of props. The only difference is that it's been bumped up on the receiving yards to 75 and a half, and then also dealing with that six and a half receptions. Man, this is tough. This is tough. And still... I think I want to go over on Keenan Allen, especially after the week off. I think he could easily smash here. He's had up and down performances against the Chiefs over the years, but still we're talking about a player who's top 10 in the NFL in target share. And, you know, if you want to, does he have a touchdown prop today? No. For him? Oh, he just- doesn't because I think one t- one touchdown or over 0.5 would be a very, very interesting prop. Darn it. But still, um, you, you know, one thing you will say about Keenan Allen is I usually stay away from the yardage props because he can get there with 12 target or 12 catches for 60 yards, less so with Herbert at the helm. But uh, I think we're going over on those receptions. 
Yeah, it's crazy, man. We have Alan projected on Osmo. Thanks to Odd Chopper. Again, that's a free tool for you to use there to work alongside NHA with our own projections as well on Osmo. 74.9 receiving yards. That's about as sharp as it gets for the receiving yards, but the receptions you mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it, so- it, yeah, 10.5 is our current projected targets for Allen. So if he has a 60, 70% target share, you know, rece- uh, excuse me, com- completion percentage, which is low for him, he's going to get there. So, yeah, which is kind of surprising to me that we have him projected like he has that high of a target share projection and that, dare I say, low of a yardage projection. Like, I'm a little surprised that we don't have him projected somewhere around like 83, 84 yards based on the amount of targets he's expected to get in this game, especially if you believe that either the Chiefs are going to, and you know, you still have to get up as much as possible on this Chiefs team, or you're down so much that you're throwing. Yeah, unless, you know, the second half, non-Raiders playing Chiefs show up here. <laughs> I guess we could say that the narrative is still that the Chiefs, the Chiefs have only been good against the Raiders. You know, well, that's obviously complete, complete narrative BS, but <laughs> Oh, man, there is some volatility in here. I do think that shootout potential is extremely high. That's why we've seen this total steadily rise. It was at 51 and a half this morning. Mm. And now it's at, oh, wow, yeah, you're right. That has gotten incredibly high. All right, we've got two tight ends here. Let's start with the not-so-obvious one. We can extend a little bit and end with Travis Kelsey. Jared Cook is on the board here. It's a shame that the passing touchdown, maybe not there, but only two 35 and a half receiving yards and three and a half receptions for cook. Yeah. Three and a half receptions after last week, you'd say, okay, let's go ahead and do this. He had five. Uh, I guess I, Oh, I, I thought that he had more production. Nope. Because I'm swayed by fantasy football. He caught a <laughs> touchdown and yep. on his eight receiving yards, he, you felt like he got there, but you, the bottom line is the man has not had more than three receptions since week nine. So wow. even that low total receptions feels pretty high for him, especially with Keenan Allen back. I think that is an under that you could put in your middle point tier. Uh, you feel pretty confident about that. Yeah, I mean, we've given you three guys that are definitively going to get looked at more so than Jared Cook. And he's not the only tight end that Justin Herbert throws to on this team either. So there may just be competition for snaps to get on the field. All right, Travis Kelsey. And now this is going to be a little higher than normal. As we know, this is not your average tight end. We're dealing with five and a half receptions for Kelsey, 73 and a half receiving yards. It's a little high. It's a little high. Our averages, our average projections would say go under on both, but you know how he gets there. You know that the opportunity ceiling is so insanely high. Think about range of outcomes here. If you played this game over a thousand times, Travis Kelsey has eight to 12 targets in what, 50, 60% of those games, maybe even more. And so in, in those scenarios, he probably gets there in a lot of those scenarios, but I'm going to trust the tools here. I would try to keep these as a low pointer uh, for NHA, but I still think the under, especially on receptions, is where you could go. Uh, You know, he's had 27 yards exactly receiving over the last two weeks. That's not exactly Travis Kelsey-like, 
but it speaks to the general volatility of this offense and of the position he plays. So I think leaning under, but not super strongly, is how I'm playing Kelsey this week. All right. I think so far, the two strongest, like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire may be the strongest play. The one we started with at the jump, right? That and and the quarterbacks, Herbert. Herbert I hate yeah. to say it because I love the player, but under on those pretty lofty props. Yeah, no, they make they make a lot of sense, man, by all means. And again, you have our own projections specifically for no house advantage on Osimo. Be able to definitely take advantage of that. We even have an optimal lineups page where we're essentially just telling you to plug and play individual lineups throughout NHA. It doesn't even get better than that. I mean, you don't even need to crunch anything. They've been crunched for you. So take advantage of that. Take advantage of, of course, this promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O. We're going to match your first deposit up to $25. And thank at Draftaholic after you take home the big bucks Thursday night in this NHA challenge, right? we much rather yes, that sir. than any, you know, send the blame my way, send the praise to Matt. How about that? That's perfect. I love that setup. Good luck, guys. Let's win some money. Love it. That's Matt. I'm Aton. Thanks to Tyler as well. Hit that thumbs up button on the way out and make sure you're subscribed across the board here to all three awesome platforms. Have a great night.